morning, everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Wazotsky Tea with my favorite flavors, the Almond Charm. I'm just putting that out there. I may have had way too many cups of tea this morning. I'm going to be super hyper. <laughs> um, for those, those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. I love food so much. Uh, I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a personal chef. I teach cooking classes. I run chop competitions. And I say I wrote two cookbooks. I can't even remember. (laughs) I I have notes in front of me, guys. And I'm like, I go through it so fast, you know. (laughs) I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my exciting uh, cooking adventures, (laughs) kosher food traveling, and sharing great sharing great food and recipes ideas each week and from my amazing guests um i want to hear about your food ck the timer (laughs) i want to hear about your experiences too so email me at naomi at nachamsegal.com hopefully the the email will be opened up but in the last in the next few hours we're getting down to the wire on trying to work out why i can't get into my inbox Happens every couple of years, I think I fetch about this. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the talk, the TikTok. I've got a little bit up there. Um, and most of all, our fun platform right here on the Nakam Siegel Network. So if you've had a really great ex- food experience, let me know because I want to hear all about it. So I always say, if you eat it, share it. Um, okay, we have Era of Rosh Hashanah is upon us. Um, Rosh Hashanah is... 72 hours away. It's Friday morning. Well, you're listening to this on a Friday morning right before Rosh Hashanah. In current reality time, it's Wednesday last week. For <laughs> we did two back-to-back shows here at kosher.com offices. So to accommodate a CBS uh, segment that I did on Honey, which is super cool. So I think by the time I'm doing this show, that's already aired. Um, but we have... An amazing lineup. Uh, Gabe Geller is in the house. I'm in your house today. That's right. The Keiko offices, Royal <laughs> Wine Warehouse. Welcome. We're looking at the Royal Wine Warehouse across the road over there. But I have two amazing OGs, original gangsters, the ladies that revolutionized the kosher industry, the kosher cookbook industry. Actually, it's kind of cool because I'm on the Keiko offices, which has revolutionized the kosher industry with ingredients Mm -hmm. because Susie and Sandra started this revolution uh, with uh, the kosher palette. So I have Sandra Blank and Susie Fishbein on the line with me. Guys, I'm quaking in my boots here having you both on the show. Welcome. Hey, Naomi. I wish I could have you both in the same room. I don't think we've ever been in the same room together, but I'm really honored that you're both here. Thank you. Okay, so Susie's, uh, are you en route from Boston? I'm back. You're back. back. You're home. Boston. You're home in New Jersey. I'm home on my way back into the city for Kululam, which is something that has been on my bucket list for years. What is that, <laughs> Susie? That's that's where that group from Israel that gathers like thousands of people in one room and they teach everybody parts and harmonies of a song, and then you all <gasps> sing it together. Do, do you sing? Do you have a good voice? Um, I don't know if I have a good voice, but I think the other 4,000 people could cover for me if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. I, lo- I love to sing. I-, I love it. So Okay, amazing. Oh, cool. Very nice. So you've had a very busy day. Sandra, where are you currently? I'm actually in my house, and I'm just getting ready for Shabbos. I We were away, and I just got back from vacation. Oh, very so I'm, nice. I'm restocking, restocking, getting in the Shabbos, the Antif- Headspace. Amazing. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you both on the show. So just to back it up a little bit to everyone, um, 20 years ago, am I right on saying 20 years ago? At this point, more. it's more than like, that. Yeah, yep. 22, 23. 20, yeah, years ago, a, a cookbook club. I'm actually holding mine right now. It's got no cover. It's got a spiral <laughs> on it. It is sounds one of familiar. the – It sounds – yeah, it's one of the original – Kosher palette cookbooks. A friend of mine at the time, Rifka Boym, it's uh, 20-something years ago, said, Naomi, there's a new cookbook come out, coming out. You're going to love it because you love to cook. Go go, check it out. So I went. I don't know where I bought it because it was a long time ago. Um, I bought it and I've used it to death. This is actually my 
second one because the first one I bought completely fell apart at the time and they had I emailed I not emailed that I mailed it back and they email they they I keep saying emailed and then they mailed me back a new one did you know that that they were doing that like some of them yes but you're very lucky that you did it at a time where there were new ones to send because for many years this book was out of print and people were desperate to get their hands on replacement books or on books for you know other people in their family or gifts and there were none to be had they were going for crazy prices on ebay um yeah it was it was it it was really something (laughs) so i have the old probably it was probably Susie or i who and I who packed up that book for you because that we, we were we were the show. You were the show. Tell us how this book came to be twenty two something years ago. Sandra, you wanna uh, take that? Sure. I think it, it, I was actually Susie wasn't even a parent in the school yet, which made her commitment even more impressive when we first had the conversation about it. And the school was just marveling at other community cookbooks at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and Ray Kushner Shiva High School in Livingston really wanted to put together a cookbook and Susie and I partnered in in creating this this wonderful idea and, and really brainstormed in deciding to take what was a traditional community cookbook that we all have in love and the beauty of it is that it's everybody's favorite recipes and best recipes but really taking it to the next level and making it a professional looking with photographs and a testing process and really blending the beauty of a community's efforts with a professional spin yeah you certainly did that well and you did it well do you know how much money you raised for the school like millions right yeah the the Kosher Palette and the Kosher Palette 2, which was uh, the sequel to the Kosher Palette, uh, together raised over $2 million for the school. Amazing. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Kola Kavod. Kola Kavod. And this was just a labor of love for you guys. Absolutely. It took over our lives for a few years. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a labor of love. (laughs) And and you you self-published... Well, that, that is why it was so labor-intensive. The actual putting together of the book was a community project, and that was fantastic and exciting and really, you know, it was all, all the talk of this town and the towns that feed into the Kushner School. Um, but then when the book came out, we did self-publish, so it's like going to Kinko's and then getting your books dropped at your doorstep, but in this case, you're talking about 10,000 books. So if you bought, what Sandra was alluding to before, is if you bought a kosher palette, if you were a store, a person, you called into my bedroom. I took your order, <laughs> processed your credit card. I called over to Sandra. She packed up your book, and then either my husband or her husband backed up their jeeps to her garage and took a load of books to um, the local post office. And we did that every single day. We were working six days a week. We were not working on Shabbos, but Sundays we were talking to bookstores, to gift shops, taking orders. So it it literally was a business out of our out of our homes on behalf of the school. Unbelievable, really. Um, and how many printings did you do on that? You know, those first couple of years before it went out of print. Um, I, I was it five? Were all together five, five printings of the kosher yeah. palette. And and how many? How many books is that? Eighty thousand. Eighty thousand books. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm I'm having a look at the front to see if if it has. I'm looking at the new one at the front. It says. First edition, April 2000 to 2005, seven impressions, sec- second edition. Right. So this is actually the eighth printing. This is unbelievable, really unbelievable. Um, so I've got – so before we get to what I've got in my hand, how did I get it into my hand, there was an outcry from the Jewish community. Sandra, do you remember when I was talking to you at the Chopped yes. event, which was one of my first yeah. events um, that I had done um, doing Chopped? I came out to Kushner. And you were telling me well, you love you love. I was complaining. I I need for my kids. What am I going to do? <laughs> my book is falling apart. Um, I need to get them, and they're they're on eBay for like a thousand dollars. And you told me you were. Well, thinking- we used to hear that all the time. Every place we went, you know, through the school, through my social media, through my public appearances, through Sandra's appearances, people wanted that book, and we just kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. Um. Until we finally said, you know what, maybe it's really time. Maybe this is the moment. 
Okay. So it was our goal to bring it back for the 20th anniversary and make it a 20th anniversary edition, but COVID came upon us all and a little bit pushed off that plan, but we're so thrilled that it, it actually did happen and we were able, our school is a wonderful partner with the school in, in bringing back the book and it's, we're just thrilled that, that it, it happened and we're able to answer everybody's requests. For me, that was like a mark in time. My uh, my youngest child, uh, Eli, was graduating Kushner, and he had had an incredible experience in the high school. A huge Rabbi Rubin fan, my whole family. And uh, for me personally, I felt I wanted it to be a Hakarat Hatov, like on my way out to do something. I, I got so much from working on the kosher palette. That was my launching off pad. Yes. So I felt like how appropriate would it be is on my way out the door um, as a thank you, um, and and just after my son had had such an unbelievable experience at the high school, oh, you know, to sort of you know make that as a gesture, and that's sort of how um, the idea came back to life for me. And w- right. so you started and, this a little while ago already. We did, yeah. but as Sandra yeah. said, then COVID sort of yeah. happened and things got derailed. So what is there anything updated in the book? So a lot of people are, are asking that, and you'll obviously see, you know, you're, if you're holding it, you'll see it's a beautiful new size with a gorgeous padded cover. It's okay, off that spiral we, binding we, now. We, we, I'm just going to get ZK. There's also a – we have a YouTube channel, so people can watch oh. the show as well as listen. Excellent. I'm putting the books next to each other. It's about an inch and a half taller. Well, as that book aged, so did we. And <laughs> we started having a very hard time reading the small font. And so we decided we need a bigger page to accommodate for a bigger font. You're welcome, everybody out there. <laughs> Anyone my age, thank you. Thank you, Susie and Sandra. Um, we went through... We went through the recipes, and we, where we could, we nipped and tucked sugar and margarine. You know, things have changed. Lifestyles have changed. We know more now. Um, so from from my perspective, that's those are the things that are different. The recipes are the same. The photos are the same, um, slightly enhanced, because Art Scroll has a great way of, you know, of working with old film. Yeah, Ellie, um, that's but, probably But for the most part, it's the book. It's the book, you know, that everyone loves and wanted. I'm so I, I think so just excited. to pick up on what Susie said, like one of the things that we did look at, obviously, is cooking for some people, not everybody, has changed and people look at ingredients a little bit differently than they did. So we were excited actually to reach out to one of our alumni of the school to keep the idea of the community project going, who's actually a registered dietitian mm. now in her professional world. And she created a two-page spread yes. for the book rather than go into every recipe and, you know, make alterations, which A, we didn't have time for, and we really thought wasn't consistent with bringing back the original kosher palette, we, she created a, a two-page spread for us yeah. with alternatives and swaps so that people who wanted to look at it a little bit more of a 2022 lens yeah. had the opportunity to go into those recipes and make the adjustments that they were interested for their way of cooking for themselves. And, I mean, on so many levels, I think it's such a, a great addition to the book. And, and, you know, in keeping with what Susie said, there was such an office around anybody who worked on this book. And her mom happened to have been one of the hosts of one of the taste testings for the book and was the recipe tester. So it's so nice to see from a community perspective and a school perspective that that came full circle. And just for the general public, it's, I think, a great addition to, you know, bring the book into a little bit more of a contemporary lens while all the recipes are still so current and so current. And even jumping on that, uh, the new president of the KPAC, which is like the parent organization, is Sandra's daughter, who grew up <gasps> eating this food. Really? And now sort of her, one of her jobs is to help promote and get the parent body reinterested and reintroduced to this book and how they can help their school by selling it. So it's, you know, lots of things come full circle, which is really nice. I love that. It's It's funny. So someone like me, like when I was... 20 something upper 20s and I had a couple kids living in Manhattan and I got your book and now my kids are married I got my book from Art Scroll as an Art Scroll author I get all the books as well um, from my colleagues and friends but I'm thinking like I'm thinking I know that not only am I getting one but I'm also going to be buying three because everyone already owned one 
now wants one for all their daughters and daughters-in-law. I'm in the same boat as you, Naomi. And <laughs> I have to say, when I heard that they're already halfway through the first printing, there's right. no guarantee. This is not a traditional art scroll project. I don't know how many times they're going to go back and reprint. So I, I guess it depends around. on how should... brisk the sales are. But I have to tell you, I did place my order. Um you know, for my kids, because so I, I, I don't want to be in the situation that's, that other people had been in for all those years. I'm actually talking to, to Goldie from Art Scroll because I need some copies of my own book sent to my house. And I'm like, I'm going to need uh, some, uh, please put in some kosher palettes, you know, I, I want to buy some, <laughs> add that to my order. Um, but I, um, I, I'm going to buy for my daughters. And I think that's so exciting for Susie and I. If Susie says it all the time, like how remarkable it is that this generation who grew up, you know, on the kosher palate and eating the kosher palate food are now have their own homes and, and want their own copy. And, you know, for us, I think it's incredibly rewarding to have worked on a project that was for our generation. And now we see its relevance to our children's generation and hopefully future generations from there. And it's part of their lore. It's part of their family's, you know, their their traditional family menu planning came from that book. So the things that they were used to seeing and looked forward to seeing on their mother's, uh, you know, and father's holiday tables and Shabbos tables, um, you know, they now want to bring that to their families. So, what, What's your, both of you, question for both, you can take Ugo over first, you can decide what is something from the kosher palette that you guys are still making today that if you didn't make for Shabbos or Yontif, your your kids will, and husbands will be like, what's up, mom, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh, there's so many. Um, my challah comes from here. So many of my soups come from here. Um, you know, the chocolate chip sticks, the London yeah. broils, um, there's, there's countless. That London broil is a, is a go-to for yeah. any time I have a barbecue. Yeah. And then there are the special occasion things like breakfast in bed in my house. You know, every kid every year would order creme brulee French toast. I would even bring it up on visiting days. And Oh, that's um, so cute. I love that. I've made that, that, that That's, you know, that's not an everyday food, obviously, but it is definitely a worthwhile special occasion item. So, um, you know, that strawberry mango mescaline salad. I mean, who has not fallen in love with that salad? Still a hit. The elegant meat pie. I mean, there's just, there's so many winners and that's exactly why this book was so successful. There wasn't two or three recipes. There are recipe after recipe after recipe that you're, you've eaten. You want to eat it. You want to eat it again. The terra chip salad. I mean, we had the bok choy salad. We we could just go on and on. All all the the chicken dishes. Um, I know we didn't write chicken marsala, but we certainly brought it, um, you know, back into the the public eye for, you know, for the, for the, uh, for the kosher community. But that's an amazing recipe that people use Pesach time and all year rounds, you know, just so many great recipes in that book. So many great recipes uh, I, and I love hearing that you guys are, are using them still like after all these years Susie this was a very big springboard for you this changed your game yeah it changed my whole career path actually <laughs> I, I, I feel like it also like inspired so many like myself like just to cook better um, you know serve more like it, it, it's it was it's a and still is a wonderful thing that 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 it did and then I ended up going on to having a food career just from the kosher palette and and then kosher by design yeah there's definitely a whole sisterhood of people you know in line behind me um that you know are are off in their own direction but you know a lot of them say they are, they were inspired by what they saw and yep. the books that came out and you yep. know and just the possibility of what could be for them um, whether they were professionally trained or not I think even more so because I was not professionally trained I don't think any of us were prof- like the 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 how many there's a new cookbook called best of kosher coming out in a couple months which is all the art school cookbook authors and it's in tribute to the kosher cookbook revolution that you know the kosher palette and then kosher by design set off and we are all untrained but we're trained by you Susie and Sandra we trained by you the culinary school of you know actually there is a culinary Susie Susie Fishbine Culinary Institute in uh Yes, there, you, there was. If you know, for, you know. If you know, you know. For five years, what five a special years. place it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With it, you at the captain of the ship, we had a good time. <laughs> good yeah. times, good times. Great place. Um, but 
I, I, I loved the, the new series that you started off. How did you go from palette to design? Um, how did I go from palette to design? So um, my story is, a, is not a, a linear story. It started with me deciding that this is definitely a career path that I wanted to follow and a job that I wanted. Um, I wanted to write a cookbook. And my original um, cookbook career was actually supposed to be writing a book for Grand Central Terminal, which was reopening in all of its grandeur and splendor and really supposed to be something incredible focused all around the food court and the restaurants of Grand Central Terminal. And I was hired by their business improvement district to put together a cookbook. And long story short, uh, the contract was supposed to be signed on 9-12. <laughs> and then, obviously, after 9-11, that entire project disappeared. And I was selling, as we discussed earlier, I was selling the kosher palette out of my um, bedroom, talking to the, the Jewish bookstore owners on a weekly basis. And obviously, when you talk to someone that often, you know, you you catch up and I'm talking to Tuvia from Tuvia's bookstore in Muncie. And he says to me, so new, when are you going to write your next cookbook? So I said, well, Tuvia, it's funny. I, I just lost my first job before I even got started. And I tell him my Grand Central Terminal story and he's quiet. And then he says, you know why that didn't work out for you? Because you never should have been writing a trade cookbook for the Goyim. <laughs> I said, well, Tuvia, do you, do you know anyone for me? And he said, well, I buy all my sperm from Art Scroll. I have a great relationship with them. Let me see. I know for 30 years they've been looking for just the right person to write a cookbook for them. They haven't found it. Maybe you're that person. So he got me an interview with Rabbi Zlatowicz and at the time Gazalia Zlatowicz. And we thought we were on to something incredible. I had really wanted to focus, that first book was focused on entertaining for Jewish holidays and with an incredible team and event planner in Rene Arach Events and John Ewer Photography, we put together something really, I think, you know, groundbreaking as far as what entertaining for Jewish holidays could look like and feel like in your home. And that was it. After that, I just kept my head down. I just kept writing. I just kept developing and testing and started going out on the road and meeting fans and giving cooking demos. And my tradition was I wrote a book. I took a day off and I wrote another book. So that is how the books came out in such quick succession. It was really nonstop work for many, 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 many years. Many, many years. Wow. It's, it's been quite a journey. I, I, I got to meet you and get to know you and, and get to call you my friend um, <laughs> through, all the, through all the foodie adventures that we, we've had yeah. and we're actually about to have some more fun foodie we adventures. Are. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm going to be joining Susie. What, you want to tell them what we're up to? So I lead a culinary tour um, in Florence uh, a couple of times a year. And I am running one uh, the first week of November, and Naomi is coming I on this tour. So excited! And, and Melinda <laughs> is coming with me. I called up Melinda when I, I knew what, when you told me there was an opening for me to come because it's like a long wait list to go on Susie's tours. And I'm like, Mel, I think I just got into Susie's tour. You want to come with me? She goes, Give me a few hours. She calls me back. She goes, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, check with well, the you hobby. were shut out last year, so I had a note in my book to say the day before I sell this trip, see if Naomi wants a spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, Melinda was in, and we can't wait to come. So, uh, and I'm coincidentally, I'll also be in Italy because I'm working on a kosher river cruise, doing cooking classes, and then I have two days off in between, and then I'm heading to from Venice, where the cruise docks, to you in Florence. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be incredible, and I'll be coming off my own culinary tour of Israel, October 23rd to 30th, um, where I have like a just a wonderful group of people um, coming to see Israel in a new and delicious way. So, lot, lots of fun foodie travel. I think now that COVID is over, oh, people are God. just itching. Yeah, everyone's itching to get out. Sandra, have you got any uh, foodie adventures lined up? Are you? Did you stay in the food space after Kosher Palette? So I did, I really didn't. I actually stayed in the school space. I was really inspired and motivated um, by the impact that the project had on the school and Jewish education. Wonderful. And at the time I was teaching, I was an art teacher in the school. I later became the director of admissions at the school mm. and worked. My heart was really in affordability as it still is. So I feel very, very, very strongly and committed to the importance and relevance of Jewish education and just that being a link in, in everybody's chain and, and our future. So I, I loved working on Kosher Palette too. 
along with working for the school that kind of kept both my loves together. I did for a while do some um, private chefing and, and wow. I kept my hand a little bit in it. But then my I had to make a decision, my <laughs> fork in the road, whether I was going to stay in the food marketplace or just really delve into school. And I just, my heart was just, I kept food as my own joy and my own personal hobby and, and fulfillment and, and decided professionally to work for the school and to just try and keep that channel open. So I, I kept them both very much alive in my, in my own world, but professionally I aligned with working in the school. Okay, very nice. Beautiful. A beautiful journey no matter what, staying in Jewish education. Uh, thank you both so much for coming on today. I, you, you guys are my heroes. I, I can't thank you enough for what. <laughs> on behalf of all Jewish women everywhere who all know the names of Kosher Palette, thank you so much for what you did for us and turning thank like – Thank you for having us. For turning, for turning us into really good cooks because your book is amazing <laughs> and it's really nice that the next generation has got the kosher palette back in back in print and Hatzlacha to uh, the Kushner Academy, wonderful people, beautiful school. I, I spent a couple hours there uh, when I did the chop competition. They showed me around. Such a it gorgeous great. school. It was awesome. A beautiful community. It's a beautiful community it in New is. Jersey. Shana Tova to you, Naomi. Thank you. I'll see you in Italy. I'll see you in Italy. Thank you so much. Shana Tova to you both. Thank you so much, Naomi. All right, take care. Bye. 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 Okay. They are the living legends. The living legends. Susie Fishbein, Sandra Blank. They they started it all. The kosher palette. The brand new copy here. The old broken down. It's got no cover. How crazy is that? And it used to be a spine. Now it's squishy. Like, you know, my book's got the squishy cover. So this has got the squishy cover. I'm going to try to remember to take those home. I cannot part from those. Hi, Gabe. Hey, Naomi. How's it going? Great. Gabe Geller, I'm in his house. I'm going to say in it's the It's great having you here. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> We've never done a show from uh-huh. here before. <clears throat> it's been a while since you've done a show with me also. It's like mm, a long time. Yeah, a few months. It's good, yeah, good, few good few months. months a yeah. good few months. Maybe before Pesach. Um, so, how's everything? You had a good summer? Yeah. Lots going Passed on? Passed pretty, uh, <clears throat> I mean, pretty, pretty quickly, but actually it was pretty long, so hot. Yeah, uh, yeah. They say it was, <laughs> it was a hot summer. It was a hot, hot summer. Yeah. And we can cool <laughs> off now. It's, is, it, is it hot outside? I've been inside this building since 10 yeah. this morning. Is it? Or was it? I don't was think it, it's very hot today. It was hot yesterday. Yeah. What? Yeah. In the 80s? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll have a, I don't think I'll get too much sunshine today. <laughs> um, okay, so what's going on in the wine world? We've got a well, good half hour plus to drink. That's right. Well, there's a, always a lot of stuff. Uh, so I brought a few wines yes. that you know I think you will enjoy. Uh, there's one we're not going to open, but don't worry, you will taste it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I even brought a red wine, you know. Oh, you should know. You have to, you know. You have to. <laughs> I've, I've really changed. I've really, and so was Tzvi. Oh. I know. It took like wow. 30, nearly 30 years and a lot of wine. Well, you had to become a rabbi, that's why. You had to become a rabbi, that's true, <laughs> that's true. Congrats it's, on the book, that's amazing. Baruch Hashem, it's amazing. I, I Did I give you one last? I didn't, no. I haven't. I've got, it's so fun, I'm sitting in the office, I'm watching all the Tuscanini trucks drive by. I'm like, I know that truck. Yeah. I know that truck. <laughs> Very nice. We need some Wazotsky tea. Wazotsky tea is the sponsor of the exactly. show this month. We need some tea, tea buses go. to drive by. Um, okay, so, yeah, so I was saying Tzvi got into red wine more. When we were in France nice. in the summer, I was drinking a lot mm-hmm. of red wine. I was like, Tzvi, you sure are going to drink that? And he's like, yeah. He goes, Malaga, Cream Malaga, Kerem is still my favorite. <laughs> but I also know I like red over white. So yeah, we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. We've come a long, long way. So what what were people drinking this summer? What was a really popular wine? Wow. Uh, well, you know, sparking wine has been pretty uh, pretty hot, and um, so hot that we cannot keep them in stock. And uh, we have now, you know, we started with one wine from Drapier uh, years ago. Now we have four wines from Drapier, four champagne, four, four. And, you know, as much as we increase production and uh, we increase the selection, 
You know, they fly. They fly. They fly. What's so special about Drapier? Well, I think it's more about sparkling wine in general and champagne in particular. Um, first, people thought that you know champagne was old-fashioned; it's only for like special occasions, and people think, "Yeah, I don't like the bubbles and this and that." And I think that, and it's something that it was one of my pet peeves. One of the things that uh, I really wanted to uh, uh, to change the perception of sparkling wine and uh, especially champagne-style sparkling wine. Uh, what's great about champagne is that it pairs with pretty much everything. Everything. Like, whenever you're like, oh, I'm making this roast and that salad and then this, this chicken and that salmon and filter vision, this and that, you know, so many different things. And you're like, which kind of wine? How many wines am I I'm going to have to buy? Well, there's an answer. Champagne. Just buy champagne. It it goes with everything. It goes with everything. <laughs> desserts, not so much. At least not in my opinion. Uh, well, what, so what would you have for dessert then? For dessert, well, we have uh, two uh, very uh, very cool options. So on the less sophisticated, more like uh, uh, you know uh, crowd pleaser, um, something that's uh, that's fun. Uh, there is the Caramel Private Collection Moscato. Look, it comes in the blue ball. Uh, sounds they, familiar? <laughs> did, they, did they copy? You think? Yeah. <laughs> of course they did. Um, and uh, then we have a very special wine. Uh, so this is yeah, the is Toque uh, Regal from Laufer, Late Harvest. This is a wine from Hungary. Now, this is very cool. The Toke wines um, have been known for hundreds of years for being among the very best wines, dessert wines in the world. Mm. And Jews, uh, at least uh, up until the war, uh, maybe even before that, uh, were some of the main producers of, uh, of Toke. The, the main producers of Toke were Jewish. And those wines uh, back then, many of them were kosher. Uh, of course, it was before the times of you know formal kosher certifications that we have mm -hmm. nowadays, uh, but that's that that was the case, and there have been kosher tokay you know uh, relatively recently. I'm talking, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, but it's been a while since we had one uh, in the portfolio. It like fell out of uh, a fashion. Uh, perhaps at some point and uh and thank god it came back and uh so we have here uh the toke late, late harvest 2021 from laffer uh fantastic uh it's it comes from uh near uh, uh the town of uh reb Shale from uh Kirster. yeah but he's he's made a big splash oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. pardon the pun mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah like he he i don't know maybe i don't know why how this came I, to be. I, I, but Rip Shiler was not like on the radar. Am I, I right? I know. I know. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it, he's all of like a sudden, the top Rebbe. That's right. Just a few years ago. And I think that um, both COVID and uh, and the war in uh, in Ukraine have accelerated, uh, accelerated this because Uman uh, has been, you know, difficult to access. So they went uh, to... So the I think that there's a lot of people who have, you know... Uh, uh, Kind of. Uh, uh. But Nana Nachman is definitely easy to say. Shh, 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 So yes, it's interesting. It seems to be uh, to be a, a phenomenon. Uh, it's a new phenomenon. Yeah, more popular than ever. I, I think it's. I think it's great. Yeah. So funny story. My really good friend is her husband is from his. Well, his parents are from Hungary, mm -hmm. and they went to this village in Hungary. Mm -hmm. When I saw you bring that wine, and they bought a case of the wine back recently in the last nice. 10 years, I, okay. I want to say. Yeah. They bought a case back of this wine. Mm -hmm. and they were drinking it slowly over a couple of years. I think it's all gone now, but I, I, this label looks familiar to me so, from them. So probably because of the name Toke. So Toke, this is This Toke. is brand new from Laughter. I meant, I meant the exactly. name, not the... the there has been other uh, kosher Tokes, um, most of which were not imported uh, into America. So good for them if they brought some back. Uh, Laffer uh, uh, is uh, Rav Mendel Laffer. He, uh, he lives here in, uh, in, uh, in upstate New York. Uh, but 
he really wanted to make uh, to make real kosher tokay. So he traveled to Hungary, and uh, and uh, he, you know, worked with uh, with a local winery, uh, made it uh, made it kosher, and uh, produced two beautiful tokay wines uh, that are excellent for Rosh Hashanah because, of course, it's sweet, uh, but it's a great dessert wine uh, to have any time. And uh, and really really delightful. So and champagne and Tokay. Champagne and Tokay, and uh, we have other very nice wines. Uh, we have great Bordeaux wine, Chateau Royaumont, and we have the great uh, Tabor Damas Sauvignon Blanc, crisp, refreshing. Uh, and again, I advocate, and I've always advocated for you know drinking more white wine year round, yes. not just when it's hot. Yes. Yes. Because I like white better than red, and he knows it. But also, he he, he believes it. Oh, I, I also like you know I I drink more white than red these days. Really? Really? Is one like got more health benefits over the other? Well, I don't know there because there's, there are so many studies that you know they all contradict I- each other. <laughs> uh, usually, they say that you know red wine is better. And, uh, you know, <laughs> don't think about it too much. Just uh, drink. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, drinking wine should, uh, the, the main reason for drinking wine should be for a uh, health reason. I think, you know, uh, enjoy yourself, everything in moderation. Uh, you're going to have uh, wine for Kiddush on Shabbos. You're going to have wine at a restaurant with a good meal, uh, with your spouse, uh, with friends, with uh, co-workers, with uh, clients, whoever it is uh, a, a nice glass of wine good wine quality wine will enhance uh, the experience will make for good memories will make for uh, an atmosphere that's better food that tastes better everything is better and uh, you know uh, life is short make the best out of it life is short let's drink mm-hmm. let's drink literally let, let's drink <laughs> what are we going to so start with we're going we're going to start with the tabor then we'll have some champagne oh well, toast in the new year. <laughs> this sh- this show is airing air of Russia sh- like the Friday before Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. That's when everyone's listening to this. So there you go. We have the KFWE um, 2017 glasses here. Um, Gabe, when is the next KFWE? Do we have a date? Okay, we have a date. It's I need, official. Yeah, I need to write it down. Uh huh. February, March. So I I don't think we ever announced it this early. No, just tell me and my followers, or just tell me. Yeah, it's official. There's no secret here. Okay. February. 6, 2023, at Chelsea Piers. Oh, we're back back to Chelsea Piers. Back to Chelsea Piers, Pier 60. And uh, in Los Angeles, it will be uh, February the 8th. Uh, So that's a Wednesday night. Yeah, I think you need me to come to that one also, right? Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. I'm trying to to get myself a job. And there's there's Miami, which is the first one. Okay, I can do that. Right, that works for me. <laughs> I'm right, literally writing it down because one year I made my daughter's bat mitzvah the day of kosher fest. But I mean, I uh, KFWE. Yeah. But really, the truth is that my daughter's born 12 years ago. They didn't check with me. <laughs> okay, so That's two true. six is New York, uh-huh. and then two eight is, is LA. LA and even before and Miami. then, Miami is December eighth, 2022, and that's soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm around then, though. Should have conferred with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't decide on a date from Miami. And decide, I know they do it. They do it with wheat, so. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to Detroit. I'm doing a chop competition in nice. Detroit. And a foodie crawl for Mishpacha magazine. Okay. All right. Doesn't matter. I've written it down. Okay. Well, I'll taste this. T- tell, t- Tabor, Israeli wine. Tabor, Israeli wine. Adama. Sauvignon Blanc 2021. See how he's swirling it? I'm trying S- to smell this. I'm you don't you don't you don't have you don't have to be a wino just to get it. What do you smell? I'm not saying anything. Fruits. Can you pinpoint any fruit in particular if you try hard? Okay. I'm going to I'm going to close my eyes and not talk for a minute. I know it's going to be hard, guys. You talk while I smell. Well, peach. Okay. Citrus. Mm-hmm. Very good. Is that right? Yeah. Really? Grapefruit. Get the Was grapefruit. Was that right with a peach? Yeah. Yeah? 
Yeah, definitely grapefruit. So I knew it was citrusy. Citrusy, stone fruits. <laughs> See, I'm getting good at this. Mm -hmm. You have trained me so well. Okay, enough smelling. Get drink. Okay, it's the first one for the day. Lachaim. Baruch Atah Adonai Lehenim Elachalam Borei Pri Hagafen. Amen. Baruch Atah Adonai Lehenim Borei Pri Hagafen. You hear that? That's him swishing. Mm. He's getting all over his tongue. So refreshing. So this is delicious. Piece of fish appetizer, some gravlax. Mm -hmm. Salads. Or cheese. This is so good. I feel like this will go so well with goat cheese. Mm -hmm. Totally. So well. Or feta. Like a Greek salad with yeah, opposite, you know, this black is olives. Sweet. This is delicious. I've got to remember, I've got to drive home. <laughs> I'm going to just get up the last few drops of that into the garbage over here. That was very good. Yeah. Uh, we we use those garbage cans all the time for that. Tabor, what was that? Tabor. Sav Blanc? Sauvignon Blanc. Adama, 2021. What, what, why Adama? I mean, Adama, Adama is the, the, the series. The sub-brand, if you like. Delicious. That was delicious. Um, I feel that it's nice and cold. Now, does white wine and champagne have to be at the same temperature? Does champagne have to be at a different temperature than other red wine? Well, than it, other red wines? It de it depends on the type of white wine. Usually, champagne a little colder. That's why you know you always have like the ice bucket. But this is very cold anyway. <laughs> very cold. But champagne's got to be cold. I mean, to me, white wine. I was I was at a chasana the other night and they had a bar and I went over and I said, I want white wine. And they're like, they gave me the two options. One was the Goose Bay one, mm -hmm. Sauvignon Blanc. It was amazing. But I, I said, before I had, I said, is it cold? I don't want to have warm white wine. <gasps> Look at it bubble. Ooh. We'll drink a Shana Tova. It's a beautiful pink color oh. made from 100% Pinot Noir. Is that why it's pink? Mm-hmm. Is that always like that? Pink, pink, pink? Well, how do you get pink? Rosé champagne is always made either, you know, with a hundred percent Pinot Noir or with a mix of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay by mixing simply the red and the white wine. In mm. this case, uh, it's made like a still rosé from only Pinot Noir grapes. But because it's champagne, you know, uh, part of the winemaking process is that there is a secondary fermentation that goes on inside of the bowl, meaning that after bottling the still wine in this bowl, they add yeast to it, and then they put a capsule back on. And there's a so, secondary fermentation so that will make it sparkling. Oh, so champagne has like literally yeast in it? Oh, yeah. Well, a any wine, you know, has yeast in it to begin with because really? that is how it becomes – that. yeah, that's how it becomes alcohol. What kind of yeast? So it's natural yeast from uh, from the grapes themselves. But sometimes uh, there is uh, yeast that is added uh, during the process to really jumpstart the fermentation. Well, I've done a lot of wine tours, a lot of wine talks. I mm -hmm. don't think I realized. So how about this yeast? Talk to me about this yeast more while we drink. Well, uh, there are uh, companies that are uh, specialized in uh, uh, producing uh, uh, those yeasts to produce uh, to produce wine, and it's part of the kosher winemaking process. Is that you have to source uh, yeast that is kosher. Usually, yeast is kosher, but it's not always kosher for Pesach. So oh. that is one of the that is one of the tricky things. And I've known of you know a couple wines at least a couple kosher wines that uh, were not uh, they don't they're not available anymore but they're not kosher for pesach because uh, the winery uh, were, was not able to obtain the kosher for pesach yeast on time so they had to use non kosher for pesach yeast regular kosher yeast and as a result the wine was not kosher for pesach so i've never seen mm -hmm. wine kosher that's not got the pee next to it that's for right Pesach. that's right that's right the only wines that we have in the royal wine portfolio that are not kosher for Pesach uh, are I believe the mix uh, Moscato wines Ooh. and the LV Sangria because of that oh, uh, because of that issue 
they use specifically uh, yeast and other ingredients that are obviously kosher, but not kosher for Pesach. So do not always assume, of course, Pesach is still far away. Not that far away, right? Oh, for me, no way. <laughs> Pesach's in, I already yeah. like, if I'm already asking about KFWE, Pesach is in two minutes. I'm oh, like, right. Well, I'm like ready. We are in the Keiko building. And two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, they had the annual Pesach, you know, Passover meeting uh, for, uh, I mean, mainly for the, for the sales team, also for marketing uh, in I August. I can't believe I wasn't there for uh-huh. that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're ready. The, the, Keiko is ready for Pesach in August. Yeah, so is Naomi Nachman because of Keiko. <laughs> it, it, isn't it amazing? One week out of the year, one out of 52 weeks we are takes so much, you know. Uh, manpower, yeah. brain power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. So uh, people already ask me what's my Pesach story and all that. Like, it's it's so important, like, mm-hmm. to stay on top of this. Okay. The Chaim. I'm going to move the microphone out of my way. CK, would you like to drink? I got a large drink. I know, I know. We the, both. the only dessert, kind of, that I would eat with this is fresh strawberries or fresh cherries. That, that should be okay, too. A bit hard to get fresh cherries in September. Mm-hmm. But strawberries, I had some nice strawberries the other day. This is delicious. I had this at KFWE. I had a lot of this at KFWE. <laughs> this was very good. This is my, my favorite. I really love this one. It's good stuff. So Drapier has a bit of a story, right? Did they recently become kosher? They make one batch a year under supervision. There was something to Drapier. So Drapier is not a kosher winery, uh, like uh, many of the wineries or most of the wineries uh, in France uh, that produce kosher wine. Uh, They have kosher productions. Uh, uh, You have to be careful when uh, when you shop in a store uh, to make sure that you are buying the kosher version because... This exists also in non-kosher. Uh, so oh, you, you have to guys, very important. Very How important. do you see the Always, dif- always look Can for look at the, uh, the kosher certification on the back label. Or um, you, Zegbach. I remember once they had a hologram on yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it had a, it's also on the front label, but you have to be careful mm-hmm, to buy the kosher version. And so, what made them become... Yeah, okay, well, you finish your story. The, the, the story, I mean... It's always the same thing. We uh, we reach out to all those great wineries, and uh, we convince them to uh, make a kosher production for us, uh, because you know, unlike uh, other religions, uh, when it comes to uh, such as uh, Islam, for example, uh, we Jews are not only allowed to drink alcohol and wine in particular; we have to. It's part of our tradition. It's part of our uh, every ceremony uh, so uh, we are a people uh, that drinks wine but we are restricted to kosher wine so we go to those wineries and we tell them look we would love to drink your wines but it has to be kosher so uh, if you'd like us to have you your as you know part of your customers uh, perhaps you'd be interested in, uh, in, uh, in making kosher wine with us <laughs> And some of them, many of them, actually, are, uh, they, they, they like the idea. Uh, it's, a, it's interesting. It's a challenge. And it's getting to know a community uh, that you know, wants to, uh, to, to drink their, uh, their wine, uh, but could not because of that. And we come and we say we have a solution. So what's the process involved? They're like, you go to some random winery in the south of France. Yeah. Okay? They... What's the next step? Okay, so after uh, they agree, oh, that sounds good. After, after they, you've agree. got people to buy their wine. Mm-hmm. There, everyone's happy. What's next? So, of course, we agree which wines we would like to produce. You know, in a kosher, uh, in a kosher run. Do you have a big uh, say in this? Um, I have a big say. I wouldn't say so. I, I think I, I recommend. I give. Uh, I give an opinion. I think my opinion is uh, considered. Uh, at the end of the day, the Herzog family makes the final decision. Uh, but what happens is that we come to the winery and uh, we bring our team of Mashiachim, 
who are you know very professional. They do this all the time. Local guy, French guys, French guys, American uh, guys. French guys. Uh, most of them usually you know come down from Paris. So you know that's also one of the cost of uh, culture wine production. You know you have to bring in a team. Uh, Bordeaux uh, is not a very big Jewish community. There's not that many people, so we have to bring in people from you know different cities, mainly Paris, uh, down to those uh, to those wineries, and uh, we cashier uh, the equipment. Uh, so we like, what do you mean? You put boiling water over? Yeah, exactly. It? There is a there's a libun hagala. Exactly libun hagala, cashiering of uh, fermentation tanks. Uh, we bring in uh, new barrels. Uh, barrels is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, there's a, there, there's a lot of things going on, and so we get a section, you know, inside of the winery that's going to be only kosher, that no one else can touch, that's under supervision. There is a special tape that's put on the barrels, that's put on the on, on the tanks, that no one can read. They don't have access to that special tape, which has the the hologram of the ashgacha and all that and all that stuff, and uh, and uh, we do everything. Uh, you know, following the instructions from uh, from the winemaker, from the winemaker of the winery, we have Menachem Israelovich who heads the team uh, of those mashgichim uh, and who knows every single step of the winemaking process, and he leads those uh, those guys into producing those wines exactly like the winery uh, uh, does it, but it's done by uh, Shomer Shavos, uh professional uh, team, professional uh, winemakers basically. Wow, a lot goes into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's not like I'm going to ask this. Like, is it costs a lot extra? Yes, it's I mean, it, dep- it, it depends on the wine. It, dep- it, 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 it also depends on how many uh, bars of a specific wine are produced. Uh, but the costs are significant. The costs are significant. Right. So. A a drapier kosher is more expensive than an yes. I guess that gets across the board. Kosher meat's mm-hmm. more expensive. We have to salt it. We have to kosher it a special way. Yeah. We have to. We we, we have we have those costs of the mashgichim and transportation and lodging, and food etc etc etc. And of course, it's on a much smaller scale. Uh, meaning, uh, when a winery produces say uh, ten thousand cases a year, and we are going to make let's say one thousand cases of kosher wine, that's a much smaller scale. And you know the costs uh, on the smaller scale are divided between you know all the bars that are being produced. Right. And the, the 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 more you produce, the the less the cost per bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> got it, got yeah. it. Fascinating. I, I you know I, I I've, I've questions I've never asked before. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in all these years, like I never thought to ask that question. But okay, incredible. Well, we're very glad that some of these wines have have really become kosher because the drapier is like. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, I don't know if I can finish this. I'm going to spill this into here. It's <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Please also spill uh, yeah. mine okay. out. I just I feel bad to waste, but would you like to taste the the red? Yeah. I don't want to drink under, drive under the influence. So look what I brought today. Okay. What have you got? Do you there? know what this is? Um, it's a pin. Um, and it's going to take out just a little bit of wine, yeah? That's right. It's, it's going to the cork, so I'm actually going to pour your wine from a bowl without opening the bowl. <gasps> and then I could just, you know, drink this wine next year, uh, keep it, you know, until Pesach and uh, and have it on Pesach. Which he's not going to do. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm actually, I'm actually going to give it to, uh, to a good friend. <laughs> oh, really? It's minus just a little bit. <laughs> Okay, look so at this. Here we go. Guy, can, it, can you, ZK, you got this? What is this contraption called? So that's called the Coravin. No. A what? The Coravin. Stop, stop. Not so much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste your friend's wine. Coravin. C-O-R-A-V-I-N. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We're, we're sucking the, suck cleaning out the champagne because we don't want it. That's okay. I'm, I'm swirling. Okay. I'm waiting for you and we'll sniff together. So Chateau Rayon. So here's an interesting thing here. Yeah. What makes this kosher Bordeaux different than other kosher Bordeaux? Why is this? this? <laughs> okay. So uh, most of the kosher productions that we uh, make, such as the Drapier Champagne, 
it's exactly the same label, the same ball, everything as the non-kosher version. The only way to tell this wine apart from uh, the non-kosher is the kosher certification in the back. Same with that one? With that one, it's a little different because Chateau Royaumont does not exist. The name Chateau Royaumont does not exist in non-kosher. This wine exists in non-kosher, and there are Just different. Private labeled it. Uh, exactly, we private labeled it. Why? For marketing reasons, ah, a long time ago, oh, because we already had the, the the name. I don't remember the exact name of the of this wine in non-kosher, but we already had in the portfolio another wine that had a very similar name. Mm. So, as to avoid any confusion, we decided to give it a proprietary name, uh, and uh, and that is it, okay. Chateau Royaumont. Chateau so, so if you see Chateau Raymond anywhere in any store, it is kosher because it, it, there's no non-kosher right, no, Chateau uh, no, Raymond. Okay, <laughs> got it. Okay, so we're smelling. So it's a young wine. It's 2019 for uh, for a nice Bordeaux. It's a it's, if it's a $50 bottle, so it's not cheap. Uh, that's a wine that can you know be a cellard, you know, for people who like to collect wine and like to drink wine at their fuel maturity uh it can go for 10 15 years maybe even more yeah. and um it's it's very different from say a california or an israeli wine because it's much less fruitful right it's more yeah. elegant more restrained on the fruit aromas right i do not smell any fruit there i find this one a little dry mm -hmm. why is this is this a fancier bottle mm-hmm I don't like it as much. <laughs> it's earthy. That's yes, typical of, yes, um, of Bordeaux yes. in general. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had in, when I was in France. I was in Paris in June, July, um, and we had a Beaujolais that mm -hmm. was cold. Yeah, I did not know that you ever drank red wine cold, but we had a Beaujolais. It was delicious. Well, in Paris in July this year, if you didn't drink it cold, I, I would feel bad for you. Because <laughs> uh, it was so hot. <laughs> yeah. Because it was so hot. But I felt like July was hot everywhere. Like it was yeah, a very they, hot. Except they don't have air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. They go, we were, ate at Hacab Le Cavode. At Cavode, yes. Have you been there? I've been there. Oh, my God. It was amazing. It's delicious. Amazing. I would love to do, we should do a food and wine tour. Keiko, I, I think. <laughs> Table for two. Bring Nachum. Nah, Nachum would love that. Right, Nachum? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> ZK would produce. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. It's, it, I feel so, like it's very dry. Do, why it, do you keep it's, spinning? It's, it's very dry. Why do I keep spinning? Because I keep on mixing in air with the wine to open it up. Okay. So uh, that both the aromas come out and also to make it a little bit less astringent. Uh, in yeah, the mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's got, it's very young, it's got talent, so that's what's drying yes, your mouth. Yes, yes. And uh, when you actually mix it with the air and when you age wine, what happens is that the tannins, what, you know, dries out your mouth, they mellow out. It, it softens. And uh, when it softens, you know, it's easier to drink. It's smoother. Uh, so the more I do this, the better the wine? Well... Maybe it, it, it depends on your, uh, uh, on, your on your personal taste. You know? yeah. I know people who want their wine to be like really in your face and very dry and very tannic, as we say, uh, and they will not want to swirl it for too long because of that. Okay, well, I might swirl for a bit. I like <laughs> open and aroma. I want to aroma it up. That, that, that's why you decant wine in a decanter. Yeah, I have some decanters. My dad, I got some as wedding presents 30 something, nearly 30 years ago. <laughs> it's still too dry for me. I've had some lovely reds. This is definitely like. Um, that's really. Uh, it's not my personal taste, but I'm sure exactly. someone somewhere will love this very oh, yeah. much. Oh, yeah. I'm I very know a lot of people who do. <laughs> I, I have, I have, I'm glad I have the, had the opportunity to try it. Can I take a picture of the bottle? Oh, you certainly I can. I'm oh. going to take out the Coravin. Coravin, yeah. It's a close bottle of wine. <laughs> okay, let's. Can I? Can, can you? Can just always, bring it closer? When you just take out the pin, sometimes there's a drop that comes out, but I always do it so that if I get the wine through the cork right after that, it's going to seal very quickly. Okay. 
Wonderful. Okay. I feel bad to waste this. Uh-oh. Go ahead. You know. It's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. All right. We have some lovely wines. You've got about a minute and a half left. So I don't know if we're going to open up a bottle for a minute and a half. But do you want to just talk about what we have? I definitely want to try the toke. Well, Unless why you don't you take this home? Oh, what is this one? Oh, yeah, my favorite, Moscato. So, <laughs> caramel Moscato. I it's have a case of these in my house. <laughs> I love them. So, the caramel Moscato, yeah. it's perhaps uh, a little bit more bubbly yes. than the Bartonera Moscato. We have um, pink and blue and green. Higher acidity, perhaps, also. Yeah, I, I feel like when I eat that, I'm biting into a Moscato grape. Mm -hmm. It's very grapey. Very grapey. Right? Like, yeah. But I like that. Mm -hmm. I oh, like yeah, that. It's got beautiful aromas. Do is that was that the one we weren't going to open? The toke? The toke, yeah, that's right. So this one, I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry. Okay, about I'm it. okay. This good. one I have. This one, I, this one I have to, to to give to to give back to somebody. Okay, okay. <laughs> we borrowed that for the yeah, show, but exactly. it's very nice. Okay, we had amazing 35 minutes here. It just flew by, especially when you drink. Just joking. No, I'm not. Um, really, thank you to our sponsors at Kedem right across the street. We have music right up until Lichbenching. And a big thank you to Wazotsky Tea. I'm going to try to finish this show walking a straight line. How does that sound? All right. Wishing you all a Shana Tova. Ketiva Fahati Matova. And I hope you'll join us for the continuation of season 11, which will hopefully bring us to my anniversary of 10 years sometime in February. I'm trying to hit 300 shows by February. So we hope to do that. Wishing all Shabbat Shalom. And we'll see you next year. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Sandra and Susie. Bye, Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye.